Hello, everybody. Welcome to the M and Mom podcast. I'm M, and I'm Mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in like a really weird mood. I was literally just screaming. Um. So uh, again, we are not medical professionals in any way. We are just a daughter who has experienced an eating disorder and a mom who's tried to help someone through the recovery process. Yeah. So go get a therapist or a dietitian or something. Um if you want like medical help. Okay. So we posted on our Instagram like a poll of like topics because we didn't know what we wanted to do for our next podcast. Our first podcast, I literally called my mom and I was like, I want to do a podcast because this mountain triggered me. And then we wanted to do our stories and now we like don't know what to do. So we are doing what the eating disorder voice is really like. And I think honestly, a lot of people voted that because a lot of people don't know. Right. And I did and I still fully don't understand it. Um, but we're kind of doing this inspired by Bobby Kaz. Um, go, like, follow the Bobby Pod Kaz. It's great. And he talks about eating disorder voices. And I literally, like, sent it to my mom. And I was like, this is exactly what it's like. And then it was, like, totally crazy for a mom because she was like, I didn't even know what that was like. Right. Um, listening to that pod- podcast. So once again, we've mentioned Bobby Kaz a lot. Um, he has a TikTok and an Instagram at Bobby Kaz. And then he has a podcast that's called the Bobby Pod Kaz. Um, and once again, we highly, highly recommend. He has been instrumental for me as a parent to understand what the eating disorder is like um and so once again we highly recommend him yeah he just talks about like everyday life with an eating disorder like going on vacations and yeah hanging out with friends or like like, college right like he literally just talks about his life with an eating disorder as a male kind of college student um, and that's kind of what we're doing. So I have topics and we're just going to like go through the topics and well, the topics are more like examples. Topics are examples. Right. Of yeah. like when she hears the voice, uh, like certain situations and then like what the voice kind of sounds like. And in my, I don't know, I kind of feel like the eating disorder voice, like eating disorders are a mental illness. Straight like, up. It's literally all in your head. Uh. Right. So they don't really, I mean, like food is part of it, like restricting and binging and compulsive exercise and things. It's part of it, but it's more of a mental illness. So it's literally all in your brain. Yeah. And your mind. It's just like a voice that like talks yeah. to you. I mean, it's just, like, anxiety or depression. Right. It's just with food and exercise. Exactly. And it's really, like, I don't know. I kind of think that the eating disorder... I I kind of tell people that the eating disorder works its best to kill you. Like, it's 
goal is to kill you. And it doesn't understand, like, it's so, like, good that you think what you're hearing is truth. Yeah. But it's, like, not truth at all. Um, So I say that, like, the eating disorder tries to kill you until you either die or you fight back. Straight up. Yeah. Because literally... Eating disorders are disorders because the voice tells you what you're doing is right, and it's literally the most unhealthy thing you can ever do. Right, and it always tells you that you're not sick enough, and right. you don't need help. Yeah. And, and it always tells you that you're unhealthy, right? even though it's literally the definition of unhealthy. Right. Okay, so, first example... Is feeling guilty when straight up eating, like, a normal meal or a snack or something. Like, the voice in my head is, oh my gosh, you just ate and you're gonna gain weight and because you ate food, like, you shouldn't have done that and you need to go exercise because of, like, what you just ate. And I'm talking about, like, a regular, like, meal, like, not even, like binge eating or like a dessert or like a quote-unquote bad food like this happens to me like every day with just like eating a ham sandwich right like and it's the eating disorder is like no you shouldn't do that so yeah you have to fight back especially when you've like already eaten food that day it gets like worse because you're like the eating disorder is like, oh, you had a bagel today and now you're having, like, a sandwich. Like, that's really bad. Which is, like, wrong. Right. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Um, yeah, I feel like um, proper nourishment is any nourishment. But the eating disorder, like, does not believe that. And the eating disorder just, like comes at you and comes at you and it's like you either you can't it like says you're not you don't deserve to eat right that's a that's a really good example yeah it's like you don't deserve this which it's like why do I deserve something that literally needs me to do to be like kept alive right and like well right but it convinces you that you don't deserve food And that's, like, where the guilt comes in. Yeah. Okay, so that's just with food, but the other one I have, which I think can be relevant for, like, all perfectionists or, like, workaholics, is feeling guilty when resting. So I have it in my notes, and it's, like... It's, like, when you're... I feel like I feel most guilt for resting at this moment in my life rather than eating because I'm just like, oh my gosh, there are, like, so many people who, like, go to the gym every day and, like, go on runs and if I'm resting and if I'm not moving then I'm, like, so unhealthy and I'm gonna gain weight and if, like, I don't move then I'm, like, so lazy and like I need to get my life together and actually move my body in order to be like a healthy human being yeah that's crazy I mean like taking a nap for Emily 
It's like, man, I could take a nap every day. Like, naps are awesome. But, like, when Emily takes a nap, she, like, wakes up and is all guilted. I'm so guilty for taking naps because I'm, like, I literally just wasted my day and I could have spent my whole day either, like, doing something or, like, moving my body. Like, it's not even, like, the eating disorder when it comes to naps. It's just, like, my obsessive productivity. That's part of the eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So it is your eating disorder. But a lot of people don't have an eating disorder and experience that as well. Right, I understand that. But, I mean, like, your voice of, like, that you have to move and that taking a nap is not productive stems from your eating disorder. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that the eating disorder voice is, like, so loud about for me personally is, like, seeing myself in photos with friends Um, like, I think that's the thing that I get the most triggered in, and I want to do, like, a full episode on that, but, I mean, body dysmorphia literally is not true, and it makes me see myself in a totally different way, and, like, I remember my junior year of high school, and I, like, saw our pictures, and I was like, oh my gosh, you are so fat. Like, you have gained, like, an insane amount of weight, and you are, like, not your body from eating disorder, and you're not even your body from high school. You you are, like, so much worse than that. And because you, like, look this way in photos, like, you can't post them. You can't, like, have them in your photo album. Like, you need to delete these, even though they're, like, with your best friends. And whenever I do like, see myself in photos that way, obviously it's harder to eat because when you have bad body image, like, what makes you want to eat? The eating disorder is, like, since you are that large, you can't eat anything for the rest of the day. Of the day. Like, you need to move because I... The eating disorder also tells me that, like, running and sprinting is the only way to lose weight, which is literally wrong and stupid. But that's what it, like, always tells me to do when I, like, see myself in a photo that way. So do you think what you're seeing is a true reflection of what you really look like? Or do you think the eating disorder, like, filters your view of the photo? I think it's both. Because, like, I mean, seeing yourself in photos is, like, so different. Like, it's like hearing your voice on a recording or something. Right. And your body can literally look so many different ways at different angles. So I think that definitely has to be a part of it. But I also think the eating disorder and body dysmorphia is, like, making me look so much larger than I actually am. Right. But also, like, I still think I'm seeing the truth. Right, because the eating disorder, like, convinces you. Right, and I'm, like, if I'm seeing this with my own eyes, then it's, like, right. Right. Like, if I'm seeing myself in the mirror, then it's, like, right. But I, I, like, have to convince myself that it's not, and it's, like, the body dysmorphia. Well, and Emily had the opportunity to go to Hawaii on a school trip. Um, The college that she goes to has, like, a January term, 
that's three weeks long and she had the um, opportunity to go take her biology class in Hawaii for 19 days, which is... It, it was incredible. Like, if you have a chance to do that, do it. <laughs> but anyways, she did not know anyone on that trip. And so I feel like the eating disorder voice came at her pretty hard. And she was, like, sending me photos of all the girls on the trip. There were eight girls and eight boys on the trip. And she would send photos, like, of the whole group. And But the eating disorder voice kept telling her, like, I'm so much bigger than all of these girls. Like, all of these girls are so much smaller than me. But, like, when you looked at the photos of, like, all eight girls, they were all, like, proportionately kind of the same size. Like, I, yeah, I think the eating disorder voice, like, dream, like, romanticizes it. Mm, that's not the right word. It exaggerates. So, when mom just saw, like, normal girls hanging out. Right. Like, I literally saw normal girls hanging out and then me, like, standing out like a sore thumb. Like, bigger than all of right. them. Even though you weren't bigger than or all of them. Or just, like, also the eating disorder voice was so weird because... I think another reason why I struggle with, like, eating and an eating disorder and body image is because I feel like I'm in, like, a body that's, like, not my own. And, like, when I see myself in photos, I, I'm, like, that's me. Explain to me what you mean by you feel like you're in a body that's not your own. It just doesn't feel like... I was talking about this with my therapist... And I'm just, like, I feel like this isn't, like, I feel like I'm living in someone else's body. And I think that's why it's, like, so hard for me to, like, accept it. Because I think the eating disorder just wants me to be in, like, a skinnier body. So I feel like I'm in someone else's body when it really is, like, my own body. Does that make sense? So, like, are you feeling this way since you've weight restored I think since always. Since always. So even when like you Like, my were- whole life. Okay. Yeah. So, like, from the time you were, like, a little girl? Right. Yeah. And I think it's just because I wasn't... I mean, I look different from others. So, I'm I'm obviously, like, oh, so you're in someone else's body because you're supposed to look like these people. Okay. Yeah. But do you think that it's, like, body dysmorphia? I don't think that's body dysmorphia. I think it's just, like, me feeling really uncomfortable. In your own body. In my own body. And you felt that way at, like, your highest weight and your lowest weight. It doesn't matter your weight, whatever your weight was. So, like, when you were your absolute sickest, you still felt that way? Yeah. Whoa! That's crazy. (laughs) Well, that's the eating disorder voice, I think. Um... And, like, even, like, seeing my face, like, I saw my face at, like, I went to a Rockies game, and I saw it, like, on the big screen, and I'm like, is that really what I look like? Really? Yeah. It's so, just, even just your face, like, yeah, not a I, picture of I your I feel, whole body. like, so distant from myself, but then at other times, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me with, like... My mom and my aunt and my grandma, and we're, like, so cute. Right. But in other times when I see myself in photos, I'm like, is that me? 
Like, that does not look like me. Or that doesn't seem like what I look like. Yeah. I, f- I actually feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Especially as I've gotten older and, like, I've, I'm over 50 now and, like, I have an autoimmune disorder. I'm on new medicines and stuff. And I parented someone with an eating disorder and I lived through a pandemic. So I feel like I've gained a lot of weight in, like, the past three years. And when I look, when I walk by a mirror or something, I'm like, whoa. Like, is that what I look like? Yeah, I'm, like, kind of happy you feel the same way because I literally thought I was insane. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just... I think I'm almost always going to feel like that because... Sorry, we're going on a tangent, but (laughs) just survive. Yeah. Um, We just spent um, 22 hours in a car listening to the Office Ladies podcast. (laughs) Emma, because we were driving... Emily had an internship in Denver, and we were driving back to Ohio, and um, the Office Ladies go on a lot of tangents in every episode. Yeah, so <laughs> welcome to the office ladies just with <laughs> mom and um. Um I literally forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about looking in mirrors and yeah, seeing ourselves and, in okay, photos. Okay, so I feel like I'm almost always going to feel this way that I like am not in my own body because like bodies change. Absolutely. So, and like my body has changed an insane amount just because of how much up I fucked my body. Right. But also, like, bodies change, like, normally, like, what mom is saying. Right. Like, it's totally a normal thing to, like, gain weight or lose weight or, like, just because your body is, like, trying to balance, like, where you actually are at. Right. Um, and that's just, like, scientific. Um... Yes, you're not supposed to still fit in your jeans from high school. Straight up. And it's like, I don't know. I I just feel like I'm never going to feel like I'm in the right body because my body is, like, always changing. If that makes sense. Do you think it's your eating disorder voice telling you that? I don't even think it's an eating disorder voice. I think it's just, like, a normal person voice. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, like, how you feel, too. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, not obsessive about it. Like, right. I just, just, like, glance like, in the mail and be, yeah. be like, oh, wow, I look like that. But and I then think, I, like, go on with my day. Yeah, and I think where the eating disorder comes in is that I don't go on with my day, and then I just think about it for, like, the rest. Right, and then you alter what you eat and, then I, and how you and move. And how I move. Yeah. Yeah, because of that. Yeah. All right, what's another example? Okay, another example that I personally experience is eating desserts I feel like also guys this is only like our second podcast that mom and I have done like in the same room yes it's like fun to have a conversation right normally Um, we've been over a thousand miles away from one another fun fact (laughs) um Because I feel like I've, like, the more I've grown up, the more I have, like, a sweet tooth. Like, I fucking love ice cream, and I will never not love ice cream. I love ice cream. I could eat ice cream every day. Like, it is so good, and sometimes I just, like, crave something sweet after I eat, and I crave sweet stuff when I'm on, like, my period. And I just, like... The eating disorder, whenever I have something sweet, always tells me, okay, you can't have 
anything sweet for, like, the rest of the day. Or, like, since you had something sweet today, you can't have something sweet tomorrow because that's, like, too much sugar and too many calories. And, like, even when I'm eating, like, ice cream with chocolate syrup and sprinkles, which is literally my obsession, I love it. Um, it's, like, it's not an obsession, I just love it. But <laughs> <laughs> I was over-exaggerating my words. Um, but it's, like, do you know how many calories are in this? Do you know, like, how much sugar is in this? Like, I remember my senior history teacher would literally, like, this is really fucked up, but he, like, grabbed my friend's, like, freaking trail mix, like, in the hall, and he was, like, this has however many grams of sugar. That is, like, way too much for your body. This is why people have heart attacks. And I just remember that so clearly. And, like, during my eating disorder, I would, like, track calories. Don't do that. It's literally the most dumb thing. Um, And in the calorie thing, it showed you, like, how much protein, how much dairy, how much sugar. And I literally tried to have, like, the lowest amount of sugar ever because of that experience. And so I think it's always something that I still struggle with is sugar because... Also, diet culture just literally makes it the enemy. Right. And... They say that you have cheat meal, cheat days. That you can, like, actually have sugar. Right. And... But the eating disorder did weird things. Like, you couldn't... You you would eat a strawberry, but you refused to eat a blueberry. Yeah, how weird is that? Because the blueberries had too much sugar in them. And so, like, they're both fruit. Like, I don't understand, like, why the voice would tell you that one's okay and one wasn't. Or, like, a banana and a peach. Yeah. Like, they're literally fruit. Right. Like, fruit. Right. It's not like I'm going to die from eating a piece of fruit. You're not going to die from eating ice cream uh, or Yeah, a I'm not going to die from eating ice cream or a brownie either. Like, freaking enjoy your life for the love of... <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I think dessert is just something I personally experience and my eating disorder voice is just like, you're putting so much sugar and like actual shit and junk in your body right now when I'm literally just enjoying ice cream. Does this still happen today? Not as much, but yeah, I think if it's like. If I have a dessert like at lunch or something, or I have, like, ice cream out with friends in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then I, like, go to dinner, and I'm, like, oh my gosh, I really want, like, a brownie, and then I have a brownie, and then I realize that I had ice cream in the afternoon with my friends, like, then I'll freak out, because I'm, like, my eating disorder's voice is, like, oh my gosh, Emily, you already had dessert with your friends in the afternoon, so why would you, like, grab a brownie? And, like, eat that brownie because since you had ice cream, you, like, can't have a brownie because it's too much sugar and blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's just, like, on a constant, like, wheel of... Yeah, like, it literally never stops, (laughs) if I'm being honest. So how did... How have you dealt with it? Like, how have you gotten into recovery? I guess we'll do a second episode on this. We will, but we can talk about it. Because that's, like, that was our second most popular voted item was like triggers and how to deal with how to deal with urges and stuff um honestly 
my dietitian has taught me this, but you literally have to go against the eating disorder voice, even though it's hard. So the only way, like, past it is working through it. Like, you need to make yourself uncomfortable by eating the things that you're eating disorder voices telling right. you not to eat so if my eating disorder voice is like you shouldn't have that brownie like i should have the brownie right or if the eating disorder voice is telling you like you have to go work out you you, you don't. rest yeah you have to rest yeah and but that's really hard to sit with those feelings though that right. are going on like and like um like, in an instance where I eat the brownie and I, like, realize it after that I had ice cream with my friends that day, like, I talked to my roommate about it. Yeah. And it's just, like, you have, like, it helps saying your eating disorder thoughts, like, out loud to someone because they're, like, that's like, actually bullshit and, like, so false. Because the oh, eating and disorder. you out on that a oh, lot. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. the eating disorder is literally anything but logical. Right. Like, it is so wrong and, now, and incorrect. One can, thing I can say is that now that you're in recovery, I only have to say, like, one thing. Right. Like, I can say, like, will you remember eating? Will you remember this in two weeks? Like, in two yeah, weeks Yeah, like time? Bobby Kaz says. Right. Um, will you remember what you're eating in two weeks from today, will you look back and remember what you ate today? I don't remember what I ate two weeks ago today. Right. Yeah, Bobby Kaz has a lot of um, things. <laughs> we literally, we're literally going to tell our audience how much we love Bobby Kaz, <laughs> and then we're not going to have an audience because they're all going to listen to Bobby <laughs> Kaz. <laughs> he's worth listening to. He is. He's been, he's been instrumental in Emily's recovery and my understanding um, what an eating disorder yeah. is like. We're yeah. glad we found the man. Yeah, absolutely. And I just found him in my For You page. Right. I just, there was this, this dude eating oatmeal or something. <laughs> and he had like a little tagline of like, you'll be fine if you eat oatmeal. I don't even know what the tagline was, but that's how I found him. Okay. So next thing I have is... This one really affects me, I think, the most in my recovery, like, even more than the desserts we just talked about, but, like, feeling out of breath when I move or exercise or dance or anything. Or climb a 14,000-foot mountain. 14,000-foot mountain, because just everybody does that every day, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's sarcasm. But that was your most triggering event. That was my most triggering event. That's what started this podcast. That's what started this podcast. So both good and bad things about that. Yeah. Um, but I, like, you guys know from listening to the first episode, if you listen, but my eating disorder voice was like, you are so unhealthy. If you were in your eating disorder right now, you could keep up with these people um since you're out of breath you are literally so out of shape and you are like so lazy because you haven't moved like you did and you need to like move every day so that you are in shape and then when you move every day you'll not be out of breath even though I have fucking asthma like the again the eating disorder is not logical right right and it's like you are a failure you should go back to your eating disorder. If you're out of breath, then there's no way you can do anything. 
if you're... Well, and the eating disorder says, like, you would be so much better if you were back with me. Which is, like, the falsest statement Yeah, my therapist was literally like, um, I'm pretty sure you'd, like, faint. If you tried to climb a mountain. If you tried to climb a mountain during your eating disorder. Right. And, like, my eating disorder. And, also, my eating disorder voice was literally, like, during the depths, was like, you are such a good dancer. You're, like... Doing so good in these dance classes, and you're, like, actually, like, keeping up with people when all of my dance teachers were telling me the opposite and were telling my mom the opposite, that I was, like, I could not keep up because my body was not being fueled. Right. She was so malnourished and compulsively exercising that her body literally could not do the normal things that you used to be able to do. And during the 14-er, or, yeah. like, whenever I move and I'm out of breath, my eating disorder is, like, when you were, like, really in the depths of me, like, you could do this, which is so wrong. Because you couldn't. Right. And everybody around you knew it except for you. And especially when, like, other people are, like, not out of breath, I automatically think I'm a failure and they're, like, healthier than me. Right. But, I mean, you have asthma. Right. And it's like... You haven't done the, like... Yeah, you used to do some really, really intense, unhealthy things. Yeah, and it's just like... That, I think that's why I have such an unhealthy relationship with movement. Like, even after the 14er, I'm, like, afraid of, like, moving or exercising because I'm afraid those voices will, like, come again. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do if those voices come again? Right. And it's like, you really just have to... Like, those voices will be there, but you just have to be in, like, fuck it mode. Yeah. And be like, okay, fuck that, fuck this. I am moving because I feel like moving or dancing or I heard a song and I'm like, I see choreography for that. I'm going to dance. And then my eating disorder tells all those things to me and I'm like... Why the fuck are you doing that? I literally just want to dance. Have you danced since you did the 14er? No. Have you done anything since you've done the 14er? I've gone on walks, but, like, no. Maybe you should dance tomorrow. I think I might dance tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That was very interesting. What's the next topic? The next topic is feeling full. Oh, this is a rough one for you. Okay, so I didn't talk about this in my podcast, but, like, before my anorexia, like, I kind of, like, overate, and it it was never to the extent of binge eating, so I never had an experience with that, but I ate when I was, like, uncomfortably full. Like, we would go to a restaurant, and she would, like, wait for her, be like, I want a box, and then, like, by the time the box came, she would finish... Like, her full hamburger or whatever. But, I mean, but you've never experienced binge eating. Right. right? Like, it it was just, like, I would eat uh, the rest of my meal when I was already full. Right. Like, stuff like that. Right. And so, whenever I do eat when I'm full, and not even uncomfortably full, just, like, satiated and satisfied and, like, okay, I just had food and that was, like, great. Um... It's always, like, you are a failure. Like, you overate. 
And even with, like, feeling guilty with eating, like, if I'm eating, like, a meal that I know is, like, good for my body at that moment, it will still be, like, you overeat. Just because of, like, my past experiences. Um, And I literally... Well, I don't. The eating disorder associates, like, fullness as being, like, a failure. Or, like, hunger being like, a conqueror, or, like, hunger being good and fullness being bad, which literally, again, is unlogical because hunger and fullness is literally, like, your body cues, and they have no moral value. It's literally just how your body works. Right. And the eating disorder says that one is good and one is bad. So what what does it sound like? So if I'm full, it's, like, you just fucked up. You're a failure. You need to, like, never do this again. You need to be more controlled and eat less food next time. Or since you are full, like, rest, but then you have to work out because since you were full, that's not okay. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry I laughed. <laughs> Yeah, but that's how every day is, like, even after three plus years. Of solid recovery. Of solid recovery. At least now you're, at least now you have the capability to kind of, like, just fight it off. Right. But, like, before the eating disorder was, had total control. Right. Over you. And it's, like, I can fight it off, but the voices are still there. Right. Or, like, even if I finish a meal... Like, if I finish a meal, like, a regular meal, I'm like, you don't have leftovers? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you just ate a full meal. You need to, like, think about your life. That's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of insane. I, yeah, fullness is definitely something I just struggle with because I I overate when I was younger. And... I just think I always, like, go back to those moments. Even when I feel, like, not uncomfortably full, but, like, full. Just regularly Just, like, just, like, I just ate food. I feel great. Right. But you don't feel great. But I don't feel great. I personally feel great, but the eating disorder is, like, you don't feel great. Right. You just failed. Right. That's so scary. What's the difference between, like, do you even remember what it was like, like, in the depths of your eating disorder? Like, do you, like, the difference between today and, like, 2019? Oh, bro. It would, it was just stronger. Like, when I think of the eating disorder voice, it was just, like, I think of the eating disorder voice when I was, like, in the depths before I went to treatment or recover or anything. Like, so many voices just, like, piling at you. It's like... I don't know. It's like you're at a party and you are literally just, like, not talking to anyone and there's so many voices going around and it's just... And it's just so powerful and loud and strong. And there's so many of them. And now that I'm in recovery, like, I still have that voice. But it's just one. And it's a little bit quieter. Okay. 
That's because likely because of therapy. Oh yeah, and feeling like, your emotions and eating fear like, foods, yeah, resting, nutritionist, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw a. I'm going on a tangent. Sorry, but I saw an Instagram video, and it it was what is the eating disorder voice really like? And it was literally like all of these voices, and it was like so overwhelming because you didn't know who was talking, and right. you didn't know who people, what people were saying, right. and it was like. Literally a group of, like, hundreds of people just going, and that's literally how it feels. But now I'm just, like, the eating disorders voice is, like, that's stupid. You failed. And now I'm, like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Some days. Some days. And then other days I'm, like, okay, like, maybe you're right. And then I have to talk to someone about it. And they're, like, that's literally wrong. Right. And... Like, it's louder today than sometimes it is. Right. Right. Fun facts! Okay. (laughs) Um, let's see another one. Um, okay. I think a good one is figuring out what to eat in a day. So what does the eating disorder voice tell you? So... I wake up and I think of breakfast because I'm like, I need to eat food. Cute. Love it. My body needs fuel. But then I think about what I eat the day before. And I'm like, okay, so you had a lot of carbs and you had ice cream. So you shouldn't have something sugary for breakfast like oatmeal or a yogurt or a donut. So you're going to have like a cute big old green cheese. And then... When it comes time for lunch, I'm like, okay, so you had carbs for breakfast, so you can't have carbs for lunch, so let's have a salad. And then I, like, have chips with my salad, and then, like, snack time comes around, and then I'm like... Also, this is on, like, a bad, bad day. Like, this isn't, like, regular. I mean... I think it is regular, but it's just quieter, and I don't really act on it. Anymore. Anymore, but I think this was a day that I would, like, act on it. Okay. Just for example. Like, the these voices are still here, but I don't act on it, if like, that makes sense. Like you used to. Like I used to. And then, so I have lunch, and then, well, not even that I'm used to, it's just, like, if I have a bad day right. with my ED. Right. Which, recovery is linear, so that happens. Um, right. Even still today, like, three and a half years in, you right. still have bad days. And this is, like, a college thing. So right. I was in my dorm, had a bagel with cream cheese, and then I went to the stew, and I had a salad with chips. And then I am, like, in the art building, and it's, like, four, and it's, like, well, I'll just... Instead of having a snack... I'll just wait until dinner because you had chips and that was like too much with your salad. So I wait until dinner even though my body is actually hungry. Also, our cat is here. She's so cute and like cuddled against mom. Anyways, um, and then for dinner, it's like, okay, so you had carbs for breakfast. So let's try not to have carbs, but let's try to have like vegetables and maybe, like, a grain of some sort, 
and let's just, like, try to have a healthy, um, dinner, but, like, I guess you can have bread and, like, a sandwich if you really need to, but you shouldn't because you just had a bagel for breakfast, and then usually I have two snacks a day and three meals, and then after dinner, I'm, like, why are you hungry? You just had dinner, even though dinner is, like, three, four hours ago, and it's, like, well, you should, like, have a snack since you didn't have a snack in the afternoon, and Amy Good is gonna kill you. Amy Good is the nutritionist, the best nutritionist (laughs) ever. Amy Good is the nutritionist, and so I guess I'll have a granola bar because I can see the calories, and I know it's not a lot. So you look at labels. Well, I don't look at labels. I just calorie counted for a really long time. So I like kind of. You know. I know. Yeah. But those voices are like regular on a daily basis. But most of the time I'm like, fuck it. And I'm like, okay, I want Chick-fil-A for lunch, even though I had a bagel. But I know my body like actually needs carbs. Right. And okay, I need a snack, so, you know what, I have, like, Cheez-Its in my bag, and I'm at the art building, so since that's what's in my bag, I'm gonna have it, and then dinner, I'm, like, you know what, pasta sounds really smack, or maybe even, like, tacos, but my eating disorder voice is still, like, um, are you sure about that, and then, Usually after dinner, I'm craving something sweet, but my eating disorder voice is like, um, you shouldn't have something sweet. Did you, like, see what you just ate today? And then I have ice cream. All of that happens. Yeah. So it's like, I, that voice still happens, but I just go against it because that's what I've learned to do. Right. Because of all of the amazing people in my life. Yeah. And I, like... I had to actually, like, eat those foods that was, like, so uncomfortable, and now it's, like, just less comfortable. Yeah. Like, it is so hard to have fear foods and, like, actually eat them. Amy Good is the best nutritionist in the world. And I remember when Emily was in treatment, they kind of tricked her, and they, like, on her first day, they were like, what foods will you absolutely never eat? Oh my gosh, I remember that. And she would be like, Oreos, chips, blah, blah. And they were like, by the time you leave here, you're going to eat all of these Well, they never told me that. They just put (laughs) on my damn plate. I know. But then even her nutritionist is like, Emily has still to this day issues with caloric drinks. And so. Hey, I got Dr. Pepper today and a fancy coffee drink. I got two fancy coffee drinks and a Dr. Peppy. progress. But it is funny because, like, the, her nutritionist will say, like, uh, what what fast food restaurant will you eat at this week? And she'll be like, how about Five Guys? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. How about Taco Bell? Huh? Okay. How about McDonald's? No, I'm not <laughs> going to McDonald's. And then Amy Good's like, we're going to McDonald's this week. She's such a trickster. <laughs> so, yeah, it is challenging yourself through and it's also like I can have potato chips because like that's just a common side dish to have with like a salad or a sandwich or 
top, like, literally anything, but the one food that, like, I overate at that, like, one winter retreat that made me get sick was Oreos, and I, like, I still, to this day, can, like, only have, like, a cookies and cream milkshake or, like, cookies and cream ice cream, but I cannot have Oreos. So that's, like, still a food that I'm, like, working through. But yeah, during I hope my- Amy Good's not listening to this podcast. I am told her about it, so <laughs> she's never going to find out. <laughs> um, um, and so that's, like, still something I'm working through just because I'm, like, so fearful that I'll get sick. But literally right. every fear food I've gotten through, I thought that I would get sick. And I'm literally living and surviving, and I'm living my best life. Right. So, like, if you're in recovery and you have fear foods, you need to say fuck it to the eating disorder and be like, I'm so uncomfortable right now, and I feel like I'm going to gain the most weight in my life, but I'm going against the eating disorder right now. And, guys, like, when you go against the eating disorder, you are never more uncomfortable in your life. Like, you feel, you actually feel like you want to die. And, but guess what? That uncomfortable feeling is actually what's getting you through recovery. Right. And going against the voice is the only thing that's going to get you past Straight the voice. Up. Yeah. Yes. Okay, mom. That's going to be our phrase. Going against, against the, the voice, voice is the only <laughs> thing that gets you past the voice. Okay, we love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really... I think that's what I have. I have, like, extra stuff, but I kind of like what we talked about. Yeah. I wrote just a little statement. Um, I wrote a little Emily had in, had some an issue when she was in Hawaii, just the same as when she did the 14er. And I just, I, I basically wrote about it. I won't read the whole thing, but um, the end, I wrote, she has worked so hard and can mostly fight the urges now because she has the tools and strength to do so. But three years later and the voice still tries to kill her every chance it gets, eating disorders suck. Straight up. Yeah, and I remember that moment in Hawaii. Like, I felt full and the voice got the best of me. Yeah. And I just, like, felt like a failure and I, like couldn't fight it in that moment right um but again like that's what eating disorders do like i was in fucking hawaii and the eating disorder was trying to take that experience away from me right like they just suck yeah yeah their goal is to take every single thing away from you straight up yeah so i feel like i'm finished yeah Eating disorder voices are very strong strong, and, yeah. You just, you really have to go against them because they will get more quiet. And I really believe a day, there will be a day when, like, none of the voices will ever, like, be there. That will be a great day. Yeah. And even, like, even on a regular day... Like, the voices still come, but they, they are, like, this quiet. And they are just, like, they are. But, so, it's, like, the eating disorder is, like, you shouldn't have that ice cream. But then I'm, like, girl, I'm having this ice cream. It tastes so good. 
So it's just, I hope this, like, helps anyone who is curious or is, like, going through recovery. Right. I don't know. It's what y'all voted for, so it's not my (laughs) fault if you hate this episode. But, yeah. Okay, thanks for listening. Yeah. And we are still, we will do an episode answering your questions. So, like, direct message us or DM us. (laughs) Sorry, I'm old. Um, And we will do the number two choice, which is how you fight the urges. Yeah, we'll do that soon. Yeah. Probably. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Peace.